with globalization through the internet and then the more that people around the globe have access to the internet everyone has a creative capacity within them mm-hmm. and it's just about tapping into that and finding out like what aligns with you creatively and there's so many musicians on the planet and it's amazing that they can all put their stuff online and everyone can find a community or have like some people that come to them and like vibe with what they do and love what they do and everyone yeah. can contribute what the special gift that they have to offer All right, so welcome back to Step Into the Sandbox. I'm really excited to bring in a good friend of mine, Nick Olas. Uh, we've known each other since we were teenagers, maybe a little bit younger. Uh, locally here in Miami at Belen Summer Camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick, for background, is a musician. He's been a musician for all his life. We'll talk a little bit about his family background and how those influences came through. Uh, he's multifaceted. He's been kind of exploring a lot of new uh, areas more recently in his career, and so I'll let him introduce himself and kind of get into some of his craft. Hey, hello. I've always wanted to be on a podcast. Finally, <laughs> this is happening. This is cool. Um, yeah, I'm Nick. I go by Nick Olas. It's a lot easier than Nicolas Balseiro. So uh, <laughs> I, uh, my Instagram bio says that I'm a healer, songwriter, musician, performer, improviser, producer. These are all lab- labels that just generally blanket over the the things that i i feel come through me when i'm when i'm doing my craft uh but i guess just music just i am a musicer that's what i do <laughs> um yeah music has been this amazing journey of of just listening gro- growing up and listening to like spanish music latin music from my mom's side and a lot of like old school motown and then my dad's a guitarist and he always played like his favorite thing was funk so literally like playing funk tunes and he loves the beatles also the harmonies so just all this like tasty groovy delicious harmonious music and then it was a huge well not was i love video games and growing up as that was my like creative outlet um and video games have tremendous music and from like super mario soundtrack which is a lot of like jazz and swing to legend of zelda which is a lot of orchestral and classical and then you have like sonic the hedgehog which is all like r&b and funk and groove and so like all of these different genres were just like it just showed me that there's so much that music can be and it's and it's amazing so i picked up a guitar when when my dad started uh well my my dad's always been doing it but when i was in 10th grade i was like 15 uh i i picked it up and i started learning and just from then i started writing songs and i was in i was always in a band up until like 2018 and sometimes i was in two bands sometimes the band went on tour this fantastic journey really cool that's awesome yeah and so let's get into a little bit of your background. Your mm-hmm. parents, um, your father specifically being a musician, uh, what did your, your mother do growing up or, you know, what, what was kind of like your experience uh, with both of them? So like when I was growing up, like what? Yeah. yeah. Um, my mom 
Shout out. Hi, mom. Uh, <laughs> is a beautiful human, amazing mother, so loving and supportive, always smiling, always like coming up with cool activities and fun things to do and like hosting friends at the house. And she like always chaperone at like the field trips and stuff. Yeah. And um, always in the car, just like listening to good music and like Gypsy Kings, like Elvis Crespo. And like, I remember like one of my oldest memories was being in the car and for whatever reason, like the, the song Michelle by the Beatles came on. And I think I was like three or something. It might be one of my oldest memories. And I was like, mom, put that song back on. There was just something haunting about it that like I felt deep inside that was like, I need to hear that again. There's something beautiful about this music, about these harmonies. And so it's just, it's, it's cool to like think back to moments when like, I guess that internal fire in me of like the craft that I, that I, that that i came here for uh was kind of like called to attention yeah um and my my dad just my dad and mom met at one of my dad's gigs like my mom would go out with her friends and go dancing and my dad's band would always be playing funk and disco and my mom was a disco dancer in the 70s so my parents yeah 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 yeah. um and they just met that way and when i was really little like you'd see me at the club like in my mom's arms with like earplugs protecting me from the sounds and like just like seeing like growing up seeing my dad playing in these clubs and just being around this amazing live music and the way that it moved people literally and like made them feel amazing yeah so So how what's been your experience uh in life with live music here in miami because you've seen it kind of grow over the years And I'm sure you've traveled to other places to see live music or be a part of live music going on tour. Mm-hmm. So what's what's kind of been your take on it and, and from growing up to where it is now? Yeah. Well, my earliest understanding, I mean, yeah, when I was really little, I didn't really have a concept or, or a grasp on it. But there was, a, there was always live music everywhere. There was always like bands. Like I remember my dad's band playing in like the middle of Cocoa Walk on a weekend and like just... I have like my mom has like VHS tapes of me like shaking my butt as like a two year old barely standing and just like dancing there and but like growing up I remember in in high school it was in Kendall like Cafe Cristal wow you know that spot I've heard of it yeah and there were some punk bands and ska bands like in high school like ska like and was was a great time and just um, there was like that scene. And then when I got into college and started kind of seeing the spots like Tobacco Road, uh, there was a place downtown called The Stage, Yep. Um, Open Stage Club in Coral Gables. There was, these are the ones that are popping up to me, of course, Churchill's. Um, These are like staples and the scene, it's interesting because there was, there's always a good time that no doubt about that, but what I would say has changed is maybe the way that people treat musicians or respect. Cause it was like kind of fighting for your worth back then. And also I feel like people in arts and culture have an issue with that in general, because society has this kind of suggestion that's pretty deeply ingrained that the arts and culture are not of equal value to being like a doctor or a lawyer or a business person. And therefore, like, like if you're going to play at this event 
oh yeah we we're not gonna pay you but like it's great exposure right yeah, yeah. and that's like one of the the most devaluing things you can give to an artist and just say oh yeah but other people will see it and then that will you know help you help <laughs> yeah. right mm, not necessarily yeah. and then when you have like spotify and apple music coming out which is i love that it music is so accessible i think that that's how it should be um but when you have that when you have that shift now you have like one less avenue for people to make like legit money because you're you're making like fractions of pennies for for Streaming. like one listen and so if you're not like rihanna or beyonce or anybody that actually has like millions of listens you're not really going to make any money yeah. I, I get a, a check from from sun ghosts this band that i was in that that did very well locally uh i get a check annually for like 50 bucks wow. from royalties and i'm like yay <laughs> i'm grateful i mean it's 50 bucks but i'm like this is not putting food on the table yeah, absolutely <laughs> yeah it's, it's tough to sustain mm-hmm. so yeah i mean i've personally seen that this the scene has grown yeah and i think when you travel to other cities that have a really good scene like nashville mm-hmm. and other you know metropolitan areas that has There's a lot of respect and, and yeah, admiration I, and- I remember going to nashville and you go to any bar and there'll be artists that were once contestants on other shows that have bands or, or are on on the rise and they're just doing a gig there because of how much the the area kind of like respects and wants that as yeah. part of like the the cultural scene so i think that that's starting to happen in miami and like everything else miami's always late to the party so i think that we'll see maybe in the next handful of years that it'll start developing yeah. kind of like what those other cities are doing but it's it's great to see that you as an artist yourself as a musician yeah. are starting to experience it firsthand yeah well and también just to say like i haven't really been in the scene since like 2017 2018 correct uh yeah, like true. things started happening in my life that that you know took me away from that and so then with the lockdown in 2020 it just everything really changed so i'm not sure what the scene's like now um i've been to a couple shows and they've been great like at uh what's the place the the ground which is uh the space yeah Yeah, space that was absolutely wonderful so my friends uh the hails and polar boys and that was a beautiful show so we had yeah we had um some guests were freaks design co uh, Gabby and Val that they designed the entire identity for Polar Boys. Cool. So they and they do the merch and they do a bunch of stuff. So they're really close to them and it's it's been cool to to see that connection and and listening to their music as well as you know they're they're really good people. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to get a little bit more into the craft side of things. Yeah, you, know, you said you picked up a guitar when you were 15. 15. Yeah. So what was that like and how has your ritual of playing guitar changed over the years? Beautiful. Um. So my my music my musical like output didn't start with guitar, but my parents have a Wurlitzer grand uh, not a grand it's a upright piano that like they got for like a hundred bucks at a garage sale like back in the day. And so growing up like two or three when I could like climb up onto the bench, I just like lift the piano hood and just go to town. Just I remember like one of the earliest exercises that I would do was playing. And holding a note with my left hand on the lower notes and then with the right hand playing like a little melody and then changing the note on the left and then playing, continuing the melody. And it was, it just came naturally. And like when I think back to it, I'm like, wow, that's pretty phenomenal that, you know, this three-year-old was like, oh, let me try this, which is actually playing piano, like just and understanding harmony and like, um, but it was when I started playing guitar 
and the guitar was spurred by multiple things like mainly uh some a, a friend a couple friends when i was 15 that were playing guitar and were really into rock music and i looked up to them and i thought they were really cool and i wanted to be cool so that was kind of like my strange like fake way of getting into music but but then realizing oh shit no i actually i fucking love this this is this is my thing like this is what i need and it started off with like learning red hot chili pepper songs and attempting to play mars volta because i absolutely loved them and system of a down and just mute math just a couple names i'm dropping um but then I, I was always I always wanted to be a video game designer and I went looking uh for colleges and at the time what I wanted to do was be like the head of the like game like I wanted to be the game designer, the one with the idea. Yeah. Like that's what I did as a kid. I had a bunch of like the composition notebooks filled with game ideas. You remember at summer camp I'd be like, Yo, let's make a Tony Ox Pro skater game and we draw the characters, I draw the levels out. Like I just love like mapping the whole thing out. Yeah. And when I went to a couple of schools and they're like, oh, yeah, the game design pro- program we have is like 3D animation or 3D modeling. I'm like, I, I don't, I don't want to do that. That's, that's not what I want. Yeah. And there was nothing for this other aspect. So like Game architecture, essentially. And at that same time, I was already starting to play guitar. And something that I loved with the, was the accessibility and the quickness of like getting that creative flow, writing a song and just letting it kind of like write itself and just come come right out. And boom, there's a song. I don't have to wait four or five years, like uh, putting a game together and getting designers and this and that. And I'm like, ah, I feel like my ADHD would not have allowed for that. Like that's that's a long term commitment. And I think that like the bite sized quality of, of songs really work. And I just started writing and started using GarageBand on my dad's like old ass iMac. And then they gifted me like Ableton one year, and then the next year they gifted me logic and just from then like i just continued to write and write and i was always in a band and i was always writing all the songs sometimes all the parts and like oh man it was just it just kind of all unfolded from there i know we didn't really get into the craft i gave you like no but that's the whole, that's like, exactly what but... it's you know kind of like understanding where it started where it stemmed from and some mm-hmm. of the experiences that you've kind of had to build what you now use as part of your, you know, yeah. your, your output, essentially. I, I, I can say about about craft, or at least where music comes from, for me, it's always been more about feeling. Like, how do I feel? What is this song that I want to bring out? And most of the time, I'm like sitting on the guitar, not, not on it, sitting with the guitar. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just playing. And something goes, ooh. Oh, I like this little thing I just played. That's that's catchy. Like, and I feel like a little pull, like magnetism. I start playing it more, I develop it more, and I'll start singing gibberish over it. Like the words don't always come like right away. Sometimes within the gibberish, and I record a voice memo, there'll be like one sentence, and I'm like, "Huh, that random thing that came through me actually sounds really good." And I just all the lyrics flow from that one sentence. Yeah, and like the melody is there in the gibberish, and like there's. The song just starts to like flesh itself out. It, like it's coming out of nothing and into like into the fog, and then like the fog clears, and there's this like finished product. Yeah. And it's just about like getting out of the way for that to happen. And um, one thing, especially on like a more uh, 
in like a spiritual perspective of what I do, I've held this uh, perspective for a while that the music or any, anything that I create is not mine. I didn't create it. I'm just a channel in the same way that an instrument, like uh, if you're holding, a, let's say, a djembe, you have a drum. Uh, do you play the drum and then someone says, wow, that drum played some awesome music? No, you're like, oh, the, the person playing the drum played awesome music. Well, in in my in my beliefs, there's something that's flowing through me and I am the instrument that's playing this music. Yeah. And when when I can tap into that, then I my ego gets out of the way and stops like judging what I'm doing in the moment, like, oh you made a mistake and then like and I've had so many issues like that, like, oh, I'm on stage. There's so many people watching. And like, oh, this girl's cute. She's looking at me. And like, I want to make a good impression. And oh, my entire family's here. And I just made a mistake. And it just like ruins everything. But like when you're really in the moment and you're like, oh, no, like I've, I'm doing this. This is just coming through me. Like I don't have to worry. Like that's that's when it just happens. That's, that's really interesting because I think that's an aspect that we don't really talk about, which is uh, kind of catching your flow and finding that focus while you're in your craft Mm -hmm. and it for me it's it could be kind of like setting aside these two hours where i know i'm going to design and i'm going to just be focused on sketching or i'm going to be focused on finding inspiration that then leads to you know building a, a concept that i could actually develop into a brand or develop into a final design but for you it's interesting because there's a lot more you know people around you when especially not when you're just you know, doing a session with your crew or by yourself. But it's like when you're on stage now, it's a much more public situation. So you have to find another way to ground yourself and you have to find another way to to stay focused. So I think it's always interesting to hear your perspective on on how that works for you and and what are the kind of things that go through your mind to keep you in that zone. Mm -hmm. So I think what we can jump into now is more about like the inspiration points. We talked a little bit about your parents Mm -hmm. and the kind of music that, you know, they expose you to and that you kind of, uh, drew from are there any kind of inspiration points that maybe are outside of your family mm-hmm. that really you know started building your yeah i guess your identity when it comes to music or yeah. your taste a big one for me definitely everybody mentioned like video game music just uh composers koji kondo who did uh super mario and the zelda series nobuo uematsu who did all the final fa- well most of the like the meat and potatoes of the final fantasy series yoko shimomura who did Kingdom Hearts and some of the more recent Final Fantasy games, just like some of the best composed music I've ever heard in my life. And there's something beautiful about soundtrack music where it's like, hey, this piece doesn't exist solely for its own sake, but as a, like, it serves a, like a function, like merging with this movie or this game where it's like, oh, here's, here's an emotion that's happening in the story of this game. And if you had no music, you wouldn't really feel that emotion as deeply. And just with the music, like that music is the un is like the nonverbal. Like it's just such a beautiful art form to to mirror emotion when you're trying to portray that, and it's just fascinating. So, video game music for sure. Um, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I always like if people are like, "Oh, what's your favorite band? Do you have a number one?" And it's, I have the tattoo on my wrist of the Star of Infinity. That uh, John Fushante, the the uh, the guitarist and uh, the lead singer Anthony Kiedis have on their wrist, and um, like I remember reading Scar Tissue, Anthony Kiedis's autobiography, and that really like affecting me. And there's something about their music and their path, and seeing how 
you know, they all lived like pretty rough lives. And yeah. that music was the thing that saved them and healed them. And also their music healed so many people and brought so many people together. Like I love looking at a Chili Peppers concert and seeing the variety of people there. Like dudes with mohawks and like the studs and like spiked jackets. And then like teeny bopper girls with like a big smile and like like people with tattoos and like yeah people without tattoos it's just a little bit of everything like we have like old ass parents that are there like yeah right out chili peppers and then young ass kids and there's something beautiful about that that unity and that's like a very spiritual music for me and and i i love that so listening to them and seeing them live and like going through like all the you know adolescent depression the anxiety of being like a teenager and like all you know figuring out like oh this is the world i have to live in oh shit yeah uh what happened to that childhood bliss you know yeah um at least like seeing their music gave me like hope and it was just listening to them i was like i i want to do for others what they're doing for me mm -hmm. and that was like this thing that clicked with me and so like from then on like they were just kind of my i guess like my guidepost Mm -hmm. Or just like the, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to call it. But they actually just released the another album. Oh, it wow. just came out today. And John Frusciante, the uh, the guitarist that was with them in like their meat and potatoes years, like Blood Sugar, Sex Magic in, in uh, 1990 up until Stadium Arcadium 2006. Uh, he just returned after 10 years. And I listened to like all 17 songs in like a, had a, like a spiritual experience last night in my bed and it's just absolutely fucking beautiful amazing just beautiful so it's, it's nice to it's cool yeah so i think something to touch upon that i find interesting is how the application of music has or at least the way it's unfolded is now completely different in modern era because when it was just on the radio or some sort of like vinyl or it was very you're just stuck in your head and yeah. visualizing whatever you know, mm -hmm. you, you, you can in your mind. And then with the advent of TV or, and, and screens and then MTV actually mm -hmm. uh, kind of showing like music videos. And yeah. now like you have a visual to associate with the music. Uh, and now we're, we're in this, I guess, like a post MTV world where there's other elements. Like you can now have video games. You can now have other interactive yeah. ways of kind of like experiencing music so what's been what what excites you about that because i know that that now unlocks a whole nother realm of musical you know development yeah. that, that didn't really exist or wasn't something that was top of mind you know you know what something that i really love that exists right now youtube playlists or just like like this like movement of like lo-fi chill hop chill hop beats these kinds of things and like there's they have that for everything they have like old movies like sampled over it they have like lo-fi hip-hop playlists for like video game music yeah. which is vaporwave for nostalgic <laughs> vaporwave is yeah. super 80s yeah. like so fun yeah it's so fun i think that that really exploded during the the lockdown because people needed to chill yeah there's just so much doom and gloom going on like through the television set that when you could really like get away from that you could tap into peace and contentment at home mm -hmm. and find your your creative expression and i think that that was like a safe haven for a lot of people if they were you know blessed enough to be in an environment 
where they could, you know, cultivate that and like, you know, YouTube helped me big time. Yeah. Yeah. So now what I find really interesting specific to like the YouTube playlist and everything is like now that it's so fragmented and you can basically search for like there'll be a playlist for coding and programming and electronic yeah. chill or whatever. So it's it'd be very niche. Yes. Whereas before it was like these broad categories, genres that it's like you just had to follow them. Yeah. Right. And now it's. There's so much blending and so much fragmentation within the genres that it's, on one sense, it's kind of liberating that you can go and search for it, but it's also tough to navigate if you're just entering the space and trying to, you know, figure out like, what do you like? So I think that how has been your experience kind of seeing the fragmentation of genres? And let's say if someone asks you what kind of music you play, how do you even begin to, yeah. to like form that, that identity? Yeah, good question. I'm seeing that this like fragmentation it's just with with the with globalization through the internet and then the more that people around the globe have access to the internet everyone has a creative capacity within them mm-hmm. and it's just about tapping into that and finding out like what aligns with you creatively and there's so many musicians on the planet and it's amazing that they can all put their stuff online and everyone can find a community or have like some people that come to them and like vibe with what they do and love what they do and everyone yeah. can contribute what the special gift that they have to offer and having like a open platform like that is a really cool way so like it's interesting because uh, the word fragmentation to me seems like a like a breaking down of and it almost has like a negative connotation like in, in my head mm-hmm. and um I, it, like it, it, it almost to me is more like a like an emerging or like a like a dissolving of a of a veil that was always there of like oh the only way to get your music out there is to be on radio and that's like oh okay cool so we have like twenty artists at a time in yeah. America or something yeah like that's like, I'm just like throwing a number out I but now it's whoever wants to create can can have a platform multiple platforms there's so many platforms yeah and like, i think i mean i think that the fragmentation has been positive in the sense that it's almost like unlocking the gatekeepers yeah and unlocking those barriers to entry yeah. that a lot of musicians had where you can be discovered entry good way before yeah. it was you know now you can i would say that there was a point where when when the advent of myspace was coming out there were musicians that that were discovered yeah. through myspace that's how the arctic monkeys got started correct um Forgot what was the other one that was discovered by, I don't know if it was Jay Z or um, hmm. Dr. Dre, but it was like, I can't remember them right now mm-hmm. off the top of my head. But you had MySpace started unlocking it with with through the internet. Yet now you have like SoundCloud, you have TikTok, you have all these other platforms that are now avenues and yeah. channels that people can discover that before it was just like the radio <laughs> yeah you know or like whoever you needed to go through a record label and they were gonna fuck you over and they <laughs> were gonna give you like a 360 uh contract and like take all your shit and then you're gonna die of a drug overdose because of how Stressed. horrible the <laughs> industry is yeah yeah you can still die of a drug overdose of because of how horrible the industry is but you know at least you can have control. you can also be like <laughs> chance the rapper and like do your own shit and then get a grammy for it mm-hmm. which is super cool not to yeah. say that the like Grammy is always like a like like a level of success that you require in order to be happy. Like no, you can find happiness in your day to day. But just the fact that that happened means that it's 
it's achievable that anything's achievable absolutely yeah and i guess since we're already talking about now this open kind of sea of of discovery when it comes to music i want to bring it back to identity Mm -hmm. and how where you're at in life right now is in in an area where you're kind of reforming your identity as well Mm -hmm. right so you still have music at the core but now you're exploring these other avenues what can you speak about that What, what do you feel is like your current state in this journey yes that's a great question and identity is a very interesting one for me i've been um let's see how do i go about this for most of my life at least most of my adult life i've been reading a lot of psychology books spiritual books um and um recently so like last year i would say that i i started let's say What's the proper wording for this? Let's say my, my spiritual awakening. And that, that has a personal meaning to me. That's something that we can get into in another time. If anybody has any questions, they can reach out directly. Um, but that has a very personal and profound meaning to me. And I started questioning a lot of things. And one of them is like identification and like noticing where when I was in, like when I was the front man and, and, in Sun Ghosts and all the other bands that I was in, like what were the parts of me that were expecting certain outcomes and like attached to certain behaviors or like pushing away certain things that I didn't want and like protecting an identity that I had and like how did that affect me and like damage the music that just needed to come out like that. And, and so I'm like putting myself more in a place of like spirit first And then, like, everything that follows is exactly how it needs to be. So, like, as Nick Olas, which is is just the the name I'm going by. It's literally my first name with a space in between, Mm -hmm. which, um, but I like the the wordplay of, like, Olas being waves. And I feel like life, for for me, and in general, is always, like, ups and downs. Just, like, peaks and troughs and, like, these waves. And so it's just, like, very... It really makes sense. Um, I love R&B. I love funk. I love rock and roll. I love classical music. I love jazz. I love like super chill, like meditation music. I love uh, like Afri- African drumming. I love middle eastern music i there's like i just i I love it all and so i'm like oh man where where do labels like hinder this and what what can i what can i put out and in what in what ways and so i haven't i've been working more in like a collaborative aspect with certain artists i think maybe from a place of i don't know what my identity is right now but i know that i'm a conduit for music so whatever this person needs i can be that for them but now I'm starting to come into what is the message that needs to come through me. And it's coming in this form of like a mixture of rock and roll that I played for years and R&B and soul and jazz that I like my heart has been like just loving and gushing for these past few years. And something that I found uh, within this last year of my spiritual awakening, which is called medicine music aka ceremony music Mm -hmm. and um in in that space it's kind of a broad term 
It's pretty much like any kind of music that comes from either like Central or South America, usually specifically in the jungles and like passed down orally through generations of like plant medicine ceremonies, ayahuasca, yahe, uh, mushrooms, peyote, these kinds of things, but also from music from the East. So um, like kirtan and chanting from, from Hinduism, uh, from India, um, and like Tibetan Buddhist mantras and things like that. So I kind of encapsulate all these like spiritual music, um, like genres into medicine music. And the, literally the purpose of these songs is medicine. Mm-hmm. It's like acknowledging that music is a vibration. And at the quantum level, we are vibrations. We are energy. And so music can literally alter us at the molecular level and, and, and heal us and move like these energies that might be stagnant and might be keeping us from might be keeping us in a in a stagnant like negative state i guess um mm-hmm. kind of difficult to put a lot of these things into words but and so i'm i'm seeing my my purpose being more like how can i be more intentional with the music that comes through me so that and like going back to like what the chili peppers were for me like oh this music heals me and makes me feel better and I want to be that for other people. And I'm just like revisiting that path again. Like, oh, cool. I want to be really intentional with this music. And I know there's like a stigma. And I've heard it a couple of times. Like, but yeah, it's not really cool to like sing it in these words. Because it's like, it might be super hippie or lovey-dovey. And like, you know, we're all one and all this. And I'm just like, the Beatles did it. Yep. Like when it resonates, it resonates. If it's coming from a place of like, like ego, like I want to heal other people, you know, like if that's not to say if you talk like that, that you're, you're full of ego. It's just, you know, man. <laughs> uh, it's my inner Jim Carrey making, making some, some characters, but it's like just tapping into, I lost my train of thought, but just tapping into like what Tapping into that purpose again, essentially, and reigniting that and mixing that with what I love. Because in, in the medicine music uh, genre, there's a lot of traditional uh, and like old lineage music. So it's like very, like, I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous. And it literally sounds like it's it's of the earth, of Mother Nature, because of how ancient some of these songs are. But I'm seeing that there's like an accessibility thing that if I could bring in the things that really like ignite my heart, like rock and roll and R and B and these genres into a more, um, with like a more intentional, like this song is to heal others because of like this thing that I've experienced and this has helped me then like I can, I can do that. And I think that that would be really beautiful. Cool. Yeah. So in this journey of, I feel like there's a lot of people that are experiencing some sort of like recalibration oh. of, of their identity. You know, people are kind of labeling part of the pandemic as like the great resignation because people are leaving their day jobs mm-hmm. or leaving what they've been used to in their nine to five to try and explore other avenues and, and rethink their careers and their life in general. So I think it's interesting to, to see a perspective that, that you're going through and, and other people are going in their own way. And I think a way also to frame this is to look back at what have you learned now that you wish you could have told yourself 10 years ago? You know, let's say it's an aspiring musician that's now 
you know, 19 years old, 21 years old. Yeah. And they're just kind of like trying to, they're, they're tapping into this, this primal instinct of what's pulling their drawstrings of, of, yeah. uh, of music and, and that influence. And so what would you tell them to, uh, to kind of center them and give them a little bit more direction? You know, it's interesting because I see how, at least in my experience, every hap- everything that happened in my life happened exactly how it needed to. And so I can't say that I regret anything or that I would go back and change anything. But um, to, to play along, I would, I, would, I would go back and just like tell myself, hey, Just start sitting an ayahuasca ceremony now and don't wait another 10 years because, like, this will just get you, like, on the path quicker and you can do, like, some more work now. Yeah. So, and and what was your experience with that and, and kind of, like, what did it illuminate for you? Um, it gave me, a, gave me my faith back. It gave me a sense of spirituality that I realized, at least in my personal experience, I came into the world with it. The sense of like childlike innocence. Well, it's not childlike. It is, it is like being a child. It's just this sense of innocence and wonder and discovery and like literally like without any outside societal influence, a child looks at the world and sees beauty, looks at every other human and sees love and gives them love. And there's no discrimination, none of this. And it's just as society starts to set limitations and boundaries and like put us in a box and tell us you can't do this men can't cry women can't do this and all that that's when you start killing the soul and then the child kind of loses that thing and i noticed that you know with um i guess this like philosophical scientific mindset from i guess like the last 300 years of like god is dead and this like throwing away religion i like um what Ramdas says where he says we threw the baby out with the bathwater because in my opinion, in my experience, religion um, has at least like Catholic religion for me, that's what I grew up in, has misunderstood uh, spirituality and uses crime and punishment and judgment and guilt and shame, whereas spirituality is understanding complete unity of everything that is and it is unconditional love and it's it's like something i'm reading in this book a course in miracles which is fantastic i recommend it to anybody that that this might resonate with but uh something i read today was sin is the lack of love and sin is a mistake to be corrected not an evil to be punished it's kind of like a very gentle parent you know, like teaching a kid, like the kid's like going to grab something that's like going to hurt him. Like, no, no, no. And just like gently moving the hand away, not yelling at the kid. Cause if you yell at the kid, the kid will get traumatized. And then like, it's like, yeah. there's a little bit of violence involved with that, but it's just this gentle, like, no, 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 it's okay. That's a mistake to correct. Not an evil to be punished. Like this kind of crusader mentality, this us versus them. So. I just went on a on a rant. I have no clue what the initial question. No, was, I mean it's, I just, it's like, definitely. <laughs> I, I'm the one that basically tapped into it because I was trying to find out, you know, what the source of what drew you to yes, to doing it and, and what your experience has been like, which I think is is important for other people to listen yeah. to. That 
either have thought about it or have never even experienced mm-hmm. someone else speaking to them about what that experience is like. I'd so. love to share one more thing because you just said what drew me into it and I would like to share that. Um, so in, in the last band I was in, Sun Ghosts, the band was very successful locally and we went on tour a few times and absolutely lovely and everybody involved. Like I was just so blessed that I had that experience. And uh, around 2017, my dad got diagnosed with cancer and I fell into a, a pretty deep depression and like my my energy level and commitment with the band started to to peter off and it was kind of a difficult thing to balance and then i got into a relationship shortly after and a lot of relationship anxiety from the past because i hadn't been in a relationship for like five years for for that reason started coming up so i was like holding depression and anxiety at the same time and then the band started to like like disappear and like kind of peter off like um that's the best way to put it and then lockdown happened and it just threw me into the depths of like that depression and anxiety and i had i was just coping it was all escapism and numbing and like it was just really dark it was a really dark time for me and i kept trying to like build myself back up and it felt like a kid building a like his foundation on like a sand castle and then every time i'd get back up into the world like a wave would come and just wash it all away. And it took me weeks, maybe even months to like build that back up. And I got to a place in like early 2021 where I just, for the first time in years, just dropped to my knees and I prayed and I just asked, please universe, like send me, like just guide me. Like I don't, I can't, I can't do it. Like I'm trying, I keep trying. I can't do this. Like, I don't know what the fuck I'm, I don't know what the fuck to do. Like, please help me. And it was just in like the next week that an offer for ayahuasca ceremony just came up. And I was like, yeah, let's go. I took it. And then the rest has just unfolded like that. But it's, I just wanted to mention that. That's cool. Yeah. Nice. So we move into more of wrapping up and, and For sure. moving into this aspect of the learnings that you've had and the insights you've gained over your journey of being a musician. Um, are there any salient you know, lessons that you can really pull from? Is it, you know, is it kind of... I think a lot of them you've talked about diminishing and, and letting your ego down, right? And, yeah. and putting yourself in a position where you allow whatever to come your way and, and, and take it at, at its core value and not necessarily having all these judgments and Yeah. You know. So what what, what are some of the insights and learnings that you've you've gathered over these? Yeah. these I think I think a powerful thing is is vulnerability. In general, vulnerability in the society in the like Western society like structure has been labeled as being weakness and the thing that we should avoid at all costs and i argue the uh the opposite that vulnerability is strength in being able to show ourselves completely and be completely honest with who we are and i think that that's what people want right now they want to see others exhibit that so that it allows them to be that and when we get into a space of vulnerability that's when we can like really share and really heal and so like being on stage and being like a front person of a band or being in a band in any regard and like any kind of artist, if you're vulnerable with what you're going through and your experiences, like it's, it's okay to like put on this persona and like, Oh, here's my, my character. Like when I get on stage, but if you're like just putting another mask on, it's the same thing that this society has known. Like maybe what people need and want is no mask. You can still like dress up and have fun. There's nothing wrong with that. 
but just like bring bring yourself to that and i think i think that that's that's something awesome cool uh usually i end up asking all the guests if they've been consuming any kind of books movies mm. or any recommendations of things that they've been watching or, or yeah like you know let's see um books for for the real spiritual seeker there's a book called a course in miracles that i highly recommend for someone who maybe like spirituality still might sound like hocus pocus or mumbo jumbo to them i recommend joe dispenza's book breaking the habit of being yourself joe dispenza healed his own back with meditation and visualization where the doctors told him that he'd never walk again and he that book the like 80% of it is all science and he goes he he, he goes into like quantum physics which is not hocus pocus like this is real shit and where those scientists are finding out now like oh the quantum realm is essentially proving what like ancient like hindu uh like yogis have been saying for like 5000 10000 years and it's like correlating with that so that's a really really cool way to like bridge that scientific western mind with eastern spirituality and seeing like where the where that like meshes together so as for like movies and things to watch i'm not sh- uh i haven't really seen anything in a bit i've been watching gaia tv a lot which is like all along this like more uh, esoteric um channel Mm -hmm. and then um music yeah check out that new chili peppers album it's beautiful yeah Yeah, that's awesome i actually was listening to the new denzel curry album on the way here oh which i didn't it's actually it's cool because he's he had he's so wide-ranging in what he he brings to the table and i I really like that i'm halfway through it so you know having gotten the full scope but from the tracks that i've listened to i really like it (laughs) cool and in in terms of uh i just started watching a show called righteous gemstones Ooh. which is is talking about like these mega churches and and it has like uh these characters that some of them are more familiar has danny mcbride which is from eastbound <laughs> yeah. and down and uh it, it's hilarious he actually created it and, and he brought in some other stars into the mix that are cool. really funny but uh, it's it's humorous but it also has some you know elements of truth of like there's obviously these people that are taking advantage of yeah you know religion in, in insidious ways but adding humor to it to mm. at least bring light of it but um yeah, and other than that, where else can people follow you? Where can they oh, get yeah. in touch with you? I, like my main, my main method, my main like avenue is Instagram, and it's Nick, which is spelled N I K. So Nick dot Olas dot music. That's it. Cool. Yeah. Awesome, man. Well, thanks, thanks for having me. Oh, no, I appreciate it. This Thank is you awesome. For coming on. I'm like still like shaking from the Cuban coffee. I'm like, oh, I haven't had that in a minute. So like. <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs>